The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. What's up, everyone? It is Sam Jesse. I'm here with Ethan Moore of Louisville Sports Live radio show in Louisville, Kentucky, covering everything Louisville Cardinals. Ethan, how are you doing tonight, man? Sam, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to this matchup on Saturday. I, I told you before we got on here, kind of surprising that this is a big game. I don't think, you know, we thought we'd be here. Obviously, we knew Louisville was going to have a pretty talented team, uh, Virginia Tech. I got to be honest, not a lot of people knew what to expect from this team. It was a rough start, but it seems like they have righted the ship. And all of a sudden, one of the biggest games in the ACC this season is happening in Louisville, Kentucky on Thursday. I, let's Before we get into some of the fun stuff and all, I do want to ask about how the season has been going. Louisville's looking pretty good. I, I think what is impressive is you know, the team looks to have such an identity with a new coaching staff and a lot of new transfers. Did that surprise you at all? Because usually it takes a, a year, two years to kind of get that, at least for Virginia Tech, it took about a year and a half. That's a great question. No, I, I think for me, I, I don't think most of the fan base thought we'd be seven and one at this juncture through eight games. I think if you were, if you ask most fans, that the expectation was would probably be around six and two, maybe five and three, worst case scenario. Um, but with Jeff Brom at the helm, uh, the Brom family is, um, you know, royalty, football royalty in the city of Louisville. Um, you know, of course, his father, his brother played here, uh, brothers played here, his, his, his brother, uh, his youngest brother, Brian, who was the Orange Bowl MVP back in 2006 as the offensive coordinator. Greg Brom, is, uh, his older brother, is the director of football ops, and uh, his dad, Oscar, played quarterback at Louisville um, many years ago. So, um, I, I'm, I'm surprised, pleasantly surprised that Louisville is 13th nationally in the college football playoff poll. The first one that was released earlier this week. Um, and I'm, I'm a little surprised that they're seven and one, to be honest with you, but, um, the fan base is energized, Sam. I mean, I can't tell you how excited and exciting Louisville football has been with Jeff Brom leading, leading the way. And like you said, man, you know, Tech's three and one, Louisville's four and one. Whoever wins this game is in sole possession of second place in the ACC. Um, and we've been saying this in town this week that since Louisville has been a member of the ACC, this is the most important game in November since Louisville has been a member uh, of this conference. So th there's a lot at stake on Saturday. I'm looking forward to it. The weather's going to be fantastic. So hopefully if there's tech fans coming to Louisville, um, you know, how, how do you like 65 degrees and mostly sunny uh, for the first Saturday in November, man? We'll take it. Sounds pretty good. I do know a handful of Hokies that are making the trip. I uh, think they originally planned it because they wanted to drink some bourbon, and now they're getting a pretty good football game with it as well. Uh, let's get into some of the, the fun parts about it. 
what is your connection to the Louisville Cardinals football program? Um, I graduated from UofL many moons ago. Um, have been a diehard fan my entire life. Grew up going to games with my dad. Um, now with my wife, um, and then you know my younger daughters get to go. They went to uh, the game against Duke last Saturday. So of course we're raising them right, um, mm-hmm. being little Cardinal fans. Um, and it's just it's been part of uh, my family fabric, my family tradition for as long as I can remember. And you know all my friends go out there. So, you know, we always make it an event. We're tailgating, uh, you know, and enjoying, enjoying Louisville football, enjoying being nationally relevant, enjoying um, how great this season has been so far. Um, so, you know, my connection to UofL and, and athletics goes, goes back, you know, se- several, several years. I mean, I could say decades now since I'm in my forties, but it, it's been a long time. Um, and again, man, it's just uh, with the Satterfield years, with some other down years before that. Now to be um, where we are at seven to one, man, it, it's it's an awesome it's an awesome thing to be experiencing. Louisville's trajectory from you know way way back when through the Big East, through some of the they, I mean they weren't called Group of Five then, but they're Group of Five now. Now to the ACC, and of course you had you know the history of Lamar Jackson, Wayne Heisman, all that stuff. It's been an interesting path for Louisville because it is such a large athletic department. I think much of that is, is credited to the basketball program, although Louisville's mm-hmm. great many sports, baseball being one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been kind of a windy road for Louisville football to get to this point. What has it been like being a fan through those decades where – they really weren't part of the big picture college football conversation. No. Even though they were a big brand school. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, growing up, you know, in the, in the eighties and nineties, <clears throat> there was a stretch there in the late eighties, Sam, that Louisville, um, or maybe in the mid uh, mid eighties before Howard Schnellenberger came on, they were talking about dropping down to the FCS level. I mean, it was that bad. It got to that point uh, at one point in that program, and then you know Louisville, you know, stayed being Division One. They spent uh, several years as an independent, then going to Conference USA, and these are the games, and these are the this is the atmosphere that, that Louisville football fans have dreamed about. We didn't have that cachet like we do in, in basketball, um, so we have to. We always play uh, the the program plays with a collective chip on its shoulder, and as the program has grown and blossomed into um, a, having a Heisman Trophy winner, winning a Sugar Bowl, winning an Orange Bowl, and a Fiesta Bowl back in Howard Schnellenberger's days, I mean, just the, the trajectory of this of this program has been very very impressive and so now being solidified in a power four it's weird to say that now a power four conference um is awesome and i think that is why um when you take a look at the big picture take a step back and you see how far this program has come that just adds to the excitement of where we are right now again seven and one number 13 in the nation and having uh, hosting a, a national brand like Virginia Tech, who's playing much better, winning three of the last four um, for sole possession of the ACC, man, it just makes it all that sweeter. You, you talked about being part of the Power Four, and I've asked everyone this question, but the dominant story across college football, well, it's Connor Stallions in Michigan now, but a couple of weeks ago, this was the dominant story, was the conference realignment, the consolidation of these big programs. How does Louisville fit into that future? Because geographically, Louisville, Kentucky is kind of in no man's land. Uh, just That's just where it is on the map. But 
the athletic department brand is a very large one. It's one of the larger Adidas schools as well. So where does Louisville fit into that future? How are you feeling about the ACC? And is Louisville potentially looking at other options as well? Well, um, it's funny you ask that. I'm a conference realignment nerd, and I could talk to you, Sam, for hours about it. Um, back when um, it, it seemingly like every single week the, AC, the ACC were in discussions uh, with SMU, Cal, and Stanford, are they going to come? Are they not going to come? Um, you know, I, I'm glad, first of all, of th their decision and the ACC, albeit it wasn't unanimous for them to join the league. Um, no, to, to, to answer your question um, right off the bat, no, Louisville hasn't been looking, as far as I know, of any other options. Because right now, I still think with all the bluster coming out of Florida State and what Clemson is, you know, angling behind the scenes, I still think that we're several years away. Um, you may know this name in the sports media world. David Teal was on our program last night previewing this game. And I asked him basically the same question. And I said, you know, in the next five years, how, you know, how likely is it that Florida State and Clemson are still in this league? And he says, I think that it's very likely um, if five years is the window that they're still in the league. Because as of right now, you're looking at half a billion dollar fee uh, to, to leave the league. That's not just with grant of rights, but the exit fees, et cetera. And then let, let's just see, let's see what happens with when the playoff expands to 12, that's going to drive up um, the revenues. And, you know, I do think Sam, after, after really kind of thinking about it, um, if Florida state wasn't so arrogant in in what they were talking about, I mean, if you look at their television numbers, I don't think it's unreasonable for them to command more money. Um, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head. It's like 38 million viewers so far for Florida State. That's more than doubled the school that's in second place. I mean, that's I mean, common sense would say, listen, yes, they are driving the meteorites, uh, the eyeballs to the TV, to the TVs, and the you know the the streaming and all that other stuff. So if if they do kind of revisit this uneven revenue distribution, at first I was like, absolutely not. That's ridiculous. But if you really kind of think about it, I mean. If they are commanding all those eyeballs, I don't see necessarily a, a huge deal. Now, it has to be as long as it's fair. But that's my long-winded answer of saying, I think I think it's best if we just see where we are in the next two or three years. And I still think, though, man, I really do, that the media rights monies will, are going to dry up. I don't know if the bubble's going to burst. But, I mean, I've already read reports that the Big Ten is only, in air quotes, going to be bringing in about 63 64 million dollars per team well when this first came out they were talking about mm -hmm. 75 80 even 100 million and so that's not the case mm -hmm. and so right now with the 12 team playoff on the cusp next year i mean the acc will probably be well over 50 million so that's not in terms of the big 10 and the acc that's not a huge gap now the sec is a different animal yeah but what I've made on the point I've made on my show, Countless Times, is how could ESPN greenlight that move when they already own the ACC properties at twenty to thirty million dollars less per year? So that's just kind of what I go back to. I don't think anything is imminent. Are Florida State and Clemson exploring other options? Absolutely. Do they want to leave? Sure, they do. But I still think that if we take a step back for three or four, maybe five years and see the revenue, the new revenue distribution um, with that, with with what the ACC already has in place in terms of postseason um, rewards, 
you know, Florida State goes to the football playoff. That's another thing. If they go to the football playoff, they deserve more money. So let's just kind of see how this all this shakes out. Um, they're not going to get a SEC money. They're not going to get Big Ten money. But I still think that they could be closer in that neighborhood than we think if we're willing to give it three, four years down the road. Yeah, and, and as it relates to Louisville, I think they're kind of in wait and see mode. I think you know Louisville prefers to stay in the ACC. Of course, they had their flirtation with the Big Twelve years ago. So if for some reason the ACC imploded, obviously all eyes would would turn to the Big Twelve. Um, but again, I think ACC uh, for Louisville and for the big dogs, the Clemson State, and Clemson, Clemson State, Clemson, and Florida State, I think it's going to remain status quo for for at least the short term. And what a lot of people don't understand, you talked about how large the buyout is. Um, that's for the athletic department. That's not from the university. So Florida State University can maybe fit that bill, but the athletic department's a totally different fiscal sure. from the university for state schools. And they don't have athletic departments are nonprofits. They don't have that money. Like it's not just lying around. I know mm -hmm. we think of these big athletic programs as gold mines and you know, there's a lot of expenses that go with them. They don't have that kind of money to buy it mm -hmm. out. So uh, that's that's one part to to just keep in your mind. They're not asking universities to pay it. They're asking the athletic departments to pay it. And and who knows how much the university would would foot. Uh, also with conference realignment, I think it is kind of a shame that Louisville and Virginia Tech's paths in the Big East didn't mesh quite up. Because in an alternate universe, I think you do have Louisville, Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. West Virginia, Virginia Tech, UVA, all playing in the Big East in that like great Appalachia, Ohio Valley mm -hmm. region, all playing great football in the early 2000s. I think that would have been awesome. We didn't get it, uh, getting a little bit here with the ACC and then keeping some regionality, which I think will be important going forward. But, or what uh, if Sam? What if the the old Metro Conference days? What if they, What if the Metro Conference became was was a football conference back in the day? That would have been a, a lot of cool matchups as well. Yeah, abs absolutely, absolutely. So let's get into a little bit about Louisville, the football program. What's your favorite tradition? Well, my favorite to do for tradition is simply tailgating with my friends. Um, I, I love just getting out to the stadium. But I will tell you a new tradition that's really taking hold is at the start of the fourth quarter, Joker and the Thief. That's okay. being played. Yeah, the student section eats that up. Um, and the fans eat it up. The, the players um, on that, you know, between that, the media timeout between the third and the fourth period, fourth quarter, eat that up as well. That's, that's really becoming hot and heavy and, uh, something that everybody looks forward to. So, um, tradition wise, man, I just love going out there with my family and my friends. Um, but for the football tradition, um, it's, it's just been, it's been Joker and the thief now for the last couple of years, it's really catching on and it's catching on because Louisville's good. And it's and when you're winning and you're playing really well at home, that kind of goes hand in hand. So um, for, for the, the Hokie fans, you know, making the, making the trek um, to Louisville, I mean, I think that's, that, that would be something cool to experience. Now, it's nothing compared to how you guys run out in the field um, to Metallica, okay? It's not, that, that, is, uh, that is a sight to behold. Um, it's not we're not we're not at that level at all. Um, but that is a kind of a cool tradition that's emerging with, with U of L. It's interesting. So someone reached out to me on Twitter 
about this. Well, someone who reached out to Billy Ray, who then reached out to me on Twitter, um, that apparently Louisville plays enter Sandman during games a lot. Mm-hmm. I would like they to do. tell that person, everyone else, almost every football team plays some Metallica song at some point during the game. <laughs> like, yes. it is, Thank you. Yes. yes. So we're not, you cannot claim stake to enter Sandman. It is, it is a, uh, you know, no, I think y'all can claim it. Y'all can claim it for the entrance. I mean, because y'all do it better than anybody, but it's going to be played during it. Um, and also the guy who's like the reason it started at Virginia tech was because a Yankees fan played it because that was Mariana Rivera's walkout song. So there's, they took it from the Yankees too. Um, (laughs) I did not know that. Yep the uh, the the guy running the PA system, a Yankees fan, Mariana Rivera, walked out to enter Sandman as the closer. He played it one day. Um, the jumping up and down was because the marching band was really cold, and it had nothing to do with the song. And then the two matched interesting, up. yeah, interesting, yeah. So it, it was a really organic tradition. I will say that you don't get a lot of organic traditions like that nowadays. No, no, you don't. Uh, Louisville is known. Louisville, Kentucky, is known for its it's uh it's you know kentucky bourbon the uh the distillery scene in kentucky what's your favorite spot in mobile uh you're talking like for like a bourbon place or just where wherever uh let's just go wherever sports bar place to hang out whatever um well i'll 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 give you a couple just a wing joint roosters you know, you got to have wings, especially during football season. Wings and beer, I mean, that's a perfect combination. Yep. Um, in terms of, of you, you know, you said the B word, so I got we got to talk a little bit about bourbon. So uh, Angels Envy, um, and they are one of um, sponsors of UFL football. There is the uh, Angels Envy Club. It's one of the um, um, the other it's, – it's not necessarily a sweet section, but it's a club section where they have indoor – um, seating, indoor amenities, as well as outdoor seats. Um, they have um, a section in the stadium. Um, and so uh, for that, that's always a, a great sip. Um, for, see, for in and around the stadium, a nice restaurant, they have Matt Wins over at Churchill Downs, which um, you can see from LNN Stadium. Uh, it's a, it's a fan, fantastic steakhouse, so if you like steak. Um, there, there's where to go as well. So I gave you an expensive option, a nice high class dinner option, and of course, um, you know, very feasible fam- family friendly sports option with roosters. Awesome, yeah. And it's one thing. It's a for all for all the Hokies traveling to Louisville, the three thirty games when you're traveling is the best because you oh, have yeah. your way to tailgate, walk around the campus, you know, do whatever, um, and then go to the game and then you can go out at night. You have the rest of the late night games, uh, take advantage of pac 12 after dark, watch, stay yes. up and watch those games, everybody. Um, yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a great kickoff time for those who are traveling. Louisville this season. Yeah. Plummer and a quarterback. He's, he's playing well, maybe the polar opposite style of quarterback from Lamar Jackson, which is a little, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but this this Brom offense has been really, really impressive at times, but then it's also like you kind of saw against Duke last week. They'll score their points and they'll kind of slow down a little bit or against NC State, kind of a similar thing where things just look kind of discombobulated. They, they struggled a little bit. 
it's been very, very good. But are there any worries about this Jeff Brom offense with Plummer, who is a is you know he, he's a decent quarterback. He's a facilitator. Yeah, back. yeah. Not he's, a, he's a facilitator. Absolutely, he's a game manager. Um, no, uh, Sam. I think the one thing is, and I mentioned this on my show last night. I think how Tech and Louisville kind of mirror each other. Louisville is a totally different team at home than they are on the road or neutral site games. And I think you can say the same thing for Jack Plummer. The lion's share of his interceptions, his turnovers have come on the road or neutral site games. At home, he's played well. Against Notre Dame, um, he was very efficient but didn't light up the scoreboard. Against Duke, the same thing. And Coach Brom even said after the game, you know, I'm not used to being this, you know, basically conservatives. And, you know, I, he didn't take a lot of chances. He didn't take a lot of risks, but he didn't have to. I think he only attempted 16 passes. I mean, he completed 11 of them um, for maybe 130 yards or so. But he didn't, he didn't turn the ball over. He didn't do anything that cost Louisville's offense. And then when you have, in my opinion, either a first or second team All-American and Jawar Jordan as a running back um, that had, that you know, Posted up 14 or 14 points in the first quarter, basically putting the game away already. There was no need to take a bunch of deep shots. There was no need to be super aggressive in the passing game because, you know, your, your running back was eating. So um, to your point, I think, yes, there's concerns offensively. Primarily, though, those concerns um, are, are laid out on the road. Louisville, I think, you know, I'm a big preseason guy for college football like i start looking at win total lines the second they come out yes i'm a big magazine season guy um who's your favorite you know that's a tough one i've always been an athlon guy but i don't think they did a great job this year um i highly recommend pick six previews pick six previews is the is the up-and-comer that i i think is is the one I mean, that in terms of information, knock it out the park. Oh, yeah. 100%. And in all of that, everyone knew, okay, Louisville, they did a great job in the transfer portal. They're going to have some talent. Um, Plummer, we'll see how he is at quarterback. He's been up and down in his career, was a backup, played okay at Cal. We'll see what he looks like. But the hype around Louisville in the offseason, and, and whether it was warranted or not, was more about the schedule than it was the actual team. Now mm-hmm. we're seeing how, okay, this team can perform as well, but the schedule had just fell right into place for Louisville. Obviously, had the yep. game against Notre Dame, but uh, and Duke was a little tougher than what people thought. But uh, this schedule has just it, – it almost seems like Louisville's a team of destiny the way this show got. Yeah, man. Certain, oh, yeah. Certainly Louisville, Louisville um, you know, caught a break not having to play Florida State, not having to play North Carolina. And I'll be quite honest with you, Sam. I wish Louisville would play Clemson this year. Um, mm-hmm. all, of the, all of the times that Louisville, Louisville has yet to beat them, um, you know, obviously since being members of the ACC, I, I think that would have certainly changed this year, whether that was in Death Valley or Louisville. I'm not confident in um, how the cards have played this year. I think um, if you would have kept the traditional schedule, they would have come here because last last year uh, Louisville lost in Death Valley. Um, but yeah, certainly Louisville caught a break um, in the scheduling. And so right now, if Louisville is able to run the table or win two of three, and um, I'm not even going to begin to try to assess the tie-breaking situation, um, then Louisville would play Florida State. So 
in the ACC championship. So, yeah, th there's no doubt Louisville caught a break um, in that. But more importantly, they are, they're taking care of business and they're seizing that opportunity. How many times do we see whether it's football or basketball, you're like, oh, man, this stretch of games, we should be – and there's always something where, you know, the team stubs their toe or they lose a couple of games that you weren't expecting. Of course, that, that you know, played out with, with this pit disaster. But overall, I mean, that had trap game written all over it. You beat a top-10 Notre Dame team that was an epic night. I mean, just the, the atmosphere was crazy. Uh, your team played well. It was – you know, it was rainy. Your star running back was hurt, only had two carries. Pitt opened up with a new quarterback, um, and he had, you know, he he threw the deep ball well, and, you know, Pitt made plays. You all beat Pitt. We lost to Pitt by the exact same score. Um, and so, but but more importantly, Louisville bounced back against a very good Duke team, and now you're going to get challenged um, by another up-and-coming Virginia Tech team. You should take care of one of your arch rivals the next the next week on a, on a Thursday night, and you're faced with a you know a tough task going to Coral Gables um, with a Miami team that outside of that boneheaded decision to run the ball would probably be in the top twenty. So Louisville's going to have some challenges ahead of them, um, but it, the important fact is now Louisville took advantage of this break in the schedule, and and that's you know partly why uh, they're seven to one and they're number thirteen, but. And that showcase game against Notre Dame and that game against a very good Duke team, they, they were very impressive. So I think they've earned their ranking at number 13, and they have a chance, and it's crazy, they have a chance to crack this top 10 here in a couple weeks. I mean, we're loving the ride that we're on. Um, but first things first, the Cards got to have to beat the Hokies. Um, and, you know, y'all got some playmakers now that, that are, that are going to – it's going to be a big test, and I'm looking forward to the game. Hey guys, this is Ali Jennings III, wide receiver for your Virginia Tech Hokies. When I committed to Virginia Tech football, I committed to the best. That's why I chose Harvey's GM in Radford. Why settle for less when you can have the best? Go to Harvey's GM for all of your vehicle needs. Tell them Ali sent you. That's Harvey's GM, Tyler Ave in Radford, or go to their website at harveysgm.com for more info. Speaking of scheduling real quick, the ACC just came out with the new and improved conference schedule for the next five years. And Louisville is paired with Georgia Tech as the two teams who do not have, uh, we'll call them, you know, rivals or, or protected rivalries. How do you feel about that? Is that kind of weird to not have any of those? No, not to be honest with you, Sam. No, because Louisville, you know, Louisville's still the new kid on the block, relatively speaking. Um, you know, it's once officially, you know, SMU and Cal and Stanford join, Louisville won't be the newest member in the league anymore. Um, personally, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on your show, I would have loved for Louisville and Tech to be um, a seeming, seemingly because we're the two closest universities. It, 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 tech um, is the closest ACC school to Louisville. I would have loved, much preferred, Louisville's um, crossover opponent to be Virginia Tech instead of Virginia. That's not how it played out. Um, but, you know, I'm not surprised. I'm not really bummed. And I like to see Louisville play um, all of the teams. I mean, it makes it, it, makes it exciting. It's almost kind of like you have a, a variety in your non-conference schedule, even though they're conference members. You haven't played them. I mean, we've, this is the second time we'll play you guys, and we've been in the league for 10-plus years. 
Yeah, it's it's you know it's the teams haven't played each other much. I know they played um, Halloween weekend a few years ago um, at Louisville during the COVID year, and mm-hmm. then before that, not a lot. I mean, my other than that game, my other memory of this game was, I believe it was the uh, Gator the Bowl. Gator Bowl, yeah, the Gator, the Gator Bowl uh, where you know Vic stomped on Elvis Dimmerville's leg. Man, we haven't forgot about that. Well, if y'all think y'all are upset about how Marcus Vick's career went, you should ask Hokie fans how Marcus I bet. Vick's career went. I bet. We're we're upset at him, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, since yeah. that Gator Bowl, that was the only time the two, the two schools have played. And that's why I kind of like the, the new scheduling arrangement, though. I think you're going to see um, – I forgot what, what's the guarantee. At least, what, twice in a seven-year span? I mean, yeah. I, I would love for – I don't know how many times Louisville and Tech are scheduled, but – um, you know, again, I would love to see Louisville and um, Tech play a lot, a lot more frequently. That's for sure. Let's talk about this game this weekend real quick as we wrap up. Uh, Louisville is about nine, nine and a half point favorites in this one. I think it opened up at about 12 and a half, but that was just too big um, from a neutral standpoint. That was just too big of a number for these two teams. I, I'll be I'll be honest. I think this is the second toughest matchup on Virginia Tech's schedule by far. Uh, Louisville's the best defensive team Virginia Tech has played since, you know, Florida State's up and down defensively, but um, best best crop of athletes since the Florida State game, best defensive line and offensive line since the Florida State game. I think it is a tremendous challenge. I will also say that Virginia Tech is a much different team on November 2nd than they were September 2nd. Very, Absolutely. very different team. And they're starting to come into their own. Is there a world where Virginia – let me tell you – let me ask you this. If Virginia Tech is going to win the game, what happens? Um, I think Plummer would would have multiple turnovers. Um, They – the Hokies are able to stymie Jawar Jordan. Um, And then I think Chiron uh, Chiron Drones – um, breaks uh, several big plays. I think if that if that were to happen, then you're talking about a Virginia Tech upset. Um, I said this on the show last night as well. I'm glad that this game is at home mm-hmm. um, uh, for from from the Louisville perspective because Louisville plays um, again. They're totally different from at home than they are on the road or a neutral site game. Um, so I do think that with it being an LNN Stadium, that certainly bodes well for for Louisville. Um, uh, but certainly, tech has tech has the the Cardinals' attention. Tech has the Louisville fans' attention because of their their improved play. And so, um, you know, I, I'm going to say, obviously, I think Louisville's going to win. Uh, but I do think it's going to be a relatively close game. Um, and I'm excited for it, man. I, I tell you, I, I wish that I've said it said it again. I've said it numerous times. Said it again, man. I wish these two teams would play more um, because it's a fun it's a it's a fun matchup. Uh, but I do think um, Louisville Louisville wins. I, I, again, I think the way George Jordan has been playing, Louisville's defense has been playing um, lights out as well, especially at home. But I'm still I'm a little leery of that Tech defense, man. The, those y'all got some studs. You got some studs there. I, I'm looking through the stats, you know, right now. Obviously, um, Tisdale and Lawson have made a lot of plays. P- um, Powell Ryland, uh, Powell Ryland 
what leads the ACC in sacks. I mean, sorry, that's going to get your attention. And send Ashton Gelati uh, for Louisville, their defensive end. He is second in the ACC in sacks. So um, Louisville's offensive line, that's been one of the strengths, honestly, of the defense. Um, so I'm intrigued by that matchup of uh, the big dogs up front collectively for both teams. So there's a lot to watch for. Um, and that's why I'm so excited for this game. Yeah, there's, you know, uh, I think with how Virginia Tech has started to play, this is going to be a much more even game than I think we thought it was going into the season. Uh, I do, however, think it is a really, really tough task, ta- test for Virginia Tech. And like you said, this game being in Louisville changes things. Virginia Tech mm-hmm. has proven that they're a very good team at home. We haven't seen Brent Pry win an ACC road game yet. So is this going to be the first one? Maybe, but it's going to be a really tough task. Uh, I I was talking to some people today. I think I've landed on 28-20 Louisville. I think the difference is in the red zone, Louisville gets touchdowns, Virginia Tech gets field goals. It will be a close game. Things will be a very competitive game. But I think the the step up in athlete and the way that Louisville's been able to, to play really, really well on the line of scrimmage um, it is just going to be a difference in this game. Virginia Tech offensive line has been much, much better the last few weeks, but it's still a really young group that has a lot of struggles. So um, that, I think Louisville wins this one, but I will say if Virginia Tech can keep the explosive plays under wraps for, for Louisville, mm-hmm. I, I think Tech can, Tech can move the ball now because they moved it against, they've moved it against everybody they've played. The issue has been getting the ball in the end zone. Yeah, and so and that's again, like I said, with the with the big, big uglies up front on, on both lines, that's what I'm going to be watching um, to see. Of course, drones has been you know deadly on the ground. I love his seven to one touchdown to, inter- to interception ratio, so he can obviously throw it. Uh, I think he's completing his passes at about a 59% clip. He has been the spark plug, and I'm glad that I mentioned that because Sam, I wanted to ask you, how in the world was he not the starter from day one? I'll tell you. Everything that we heard, and I and I say we, we being people who are, are very uh, interested in the program, <laughs> was that it wasn't really that close. I mean, Grant Wells looked really good in the spring. Kipan looked very good in the fall. And it's just when the lights turned on, it didn't work. I, I think the, the offensive play calling was very different for Grant Wells. You were looking sure. at a very vanilla offense uh, that wasn't very dynamic. Uh, Virginia Tech didn't have, you know, the offensive line to be able to run the ball like they wanted to without the threat of the quarterback run. And it just didn't work out. Kyron Drones comes in, uh, elite recruit coming out of high school, big bodied guy, great athlete, but we didn't think he could throw. He didn't look good throwing in the spring game. Apparently he didn't look great in the fall. And all of a sudden the guy can sling it. His deep ball is really, really impressive. He misses on some intermediate throws. Uh, he misses on some reads, but I think that's just him being a young quarterback. They're getting a lot better at some of those timing routes. So, I and I think this offense, the playbook has completely changed. It's a totally different offense. Uh, they're running motion on almost every play. Uh, almost every play has multiple reads for drones. Uh, the running game on the outside zone has been really impressive, especially with Tune and Malachi Thomas both running that. So, it's a when I say it's a different offense, I don't just say that. I think it is a literal different offense that they sure. are. So I think that's that's been the difference. 
Hopefully Kyron Drones can continue to get better because Virginia Tech as a program is just desperate for some continuity at the quarterback position. Yeah, um, you know, that excellent analysis, man. Yeah, and I'm and I'm hopeful. Obviously, I'm um wanting Louisville to win, but I'm also uh, hopeful that yeah, Tech makes a bowl game. Um, you know, I'm rooting for all of Louisville's opponents to to win, um, with the exception of the our last uh, last opponent that we play on the year, of course, the team up the road. Um, but yeah, man, um, I, I'm one of those I'm one of those people. I like to pull for uh, ACC opposition after we get done playing them because, especially if you win, you want your opponents to win because it makes your resume look better. You get that money too. Get that bull yes, sir. payout. Yeah, man. Final two little points here in the last like minute. First off. Why does the Cardinal logo, why does it have teeth? Great question. I'd be lying to you if I knew the answer, but I think it's because um, they're extra fierce. Uh, they, they, you know, let's say if you look like, take, ex- for example, look at Arizona Cardinals logo. I mean, that does not strike fear in anyone. I think the Louisville logo, like the St. Louis Cardinals logo, he's not scaring anybody, but at least with the bird, and I will tell you this, Sam, pay attention to the logo at the 50-yard line. We now have um, – we, we all love the Duncan Cardinal logo. Now this, we, have the, we have the Heisman bird logo, um, and literally you can put it on anything, um, and, it, and, it, and it sells like hotcakes. It's, it's one of the best logos, in my humble opinion, in college sports. I actually forgot that my say something nice about the opponent segment. My say something nice was the Cardinal playing sports logo is great. I would Thank love you. a bird playing sports. Yes. There you go. Um, See? Yeah. Nice. And I, I hate to end it on a sour note, but we just, we just wrote the uh, men's basketball preview. So shameless. <laughs> I already know where you're going. What is going on? Dude. Uh, I was I was hoping to avoid. I, I man, I don't know. Um, it's as bad as it's ever been in my lifetime. Um, it's been it's been a disaster. It's been a disgrace. Um, so basically, you know, Coach Payne has to win this year or he's out. Um, yeah. The the attendance is at an all time low. Um, when you lose to two Division two opponents in back to back years, that's not how you want to start off. Year number two, um, there's no offensive identity. Uh, they're not playing with 110% maximum effort. Uh, a lot of careless turnovers. Um, can't shoot the ball very well. Uh, it's just it's just a mess, man. I mean, there is talent on this team. I will give the coaching staff credit for that. They brought in Trey White from USC, Sky Clark from Illinois. Um, Mike James, a returning player, is very good. They have a lot of really good individual players, and it's early. It's exhibition season. Um, so, you know, the expectation remains with Louisville, and bare minimum, regardless of how bad things are, is to make the NCAA tournament. And so um, if he doesn't, then he won't be back. So uh, I think as as bad as it's been, there ha- there is more talent there. But to answer your question, man, I don't know. I mean, I, it's – it's it's hard, as you can tell, to put into words how yeah. bad and how shockingly bad Louisville basketball was. And, you know, I think Louisville had a crazy win streak in Blacksburg in basketball. Yeah. Well, I think it was maybe 
when Mac quit and then we had the interim coach, you know, you knew then that that tech was going to break that streak. I think it was a couple of years ago. Um, we traveled to, you know, we go down to Blacksburg, uh, for the first ACC game next month. And, you know, I mean, I think Virginia tech's probably going to be in a spot where they can name the score again. So until proven otherwise, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's that bad. And I, I have no idea what's going on. I just hope that I hope that it's better, but coordination is at its collective's wits end after uh, what we've seen the last year plus. Well, football is going pretty well for you. Yes. Uh, I think baseball will be back to being a national power this year. Uh, so not all bad in Louisville, no, Kentucky. Not Ethan, at all. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. Uh, again, Ethan Moore from Louisville Sports Live, covering everything Louisville sports there. I'm over Kentucky. Great Twitter follow as well. I always recommend people to follow uh, insiders from different teams. It it's, makes being a fan so much more enjoyable. Ethan, enjoy your weekend and uh, enjoy the game, but hopefully not too much. <laughs> All right. Same, same to you, Sam, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Take it easy.